0: Welcome back friends, Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. When we left off on Monday, David had consolidated power, he had taken control of the trade routes linking Europe, Asia, and Africa. He had reached the pinnacle of his success. And what happens to many young men in their 40s who reach that level of success, that feel invincible. Well, quite often they're in for a fall. And so is David. 2 Samuel chapter 11. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David sat in Jerusalem. Now there's something dreadfully wrong in this opening verse. David always led from the front. If David said we're taking the hill, David was the first man up the hill. He was the tip of the spear. But now in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, that is the winter rains are over, the weather's getting better, men are feeling their oats, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with all of David's men, the whole army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. Rabbah is Ammon, Jordan of today. Another city right on the trade routes. But David sat on his butt in Jerusalem. What's going on here? Now one evening, David got up from his bed. He walked around on the roof of the palace, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. And the man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And then David sent messengers to get her. And she came to him and he slept with her. And she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. And then she went back home. And then the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I'm pregnant. Oh, stop everything. What? David. David. One evening, when Joab and all the king's men were at war in Rabba, David was taking a siesta. And he got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace. The roof of the palace, a flat roof. We've noted the architecture in New Testament times, in Peter's house, for example, a flat-roofed U-shaped structure with a courtyard in the middle. And David was up on the roof, and from that place in the old city, the city of David, you can look down uh, in the the valley and, and see all the city that would be beneath you. David walked around on the roof of the palace, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. Now, this woman, we'll learn, her name is Bathsheba, is not bathing on the roof of her house. You don't haul water up to your roof to take a bath. What was happening here? We read parenthetically that she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. That is, she had just completed her monthly cycle, and according to Leviticus, a woman immerses herself in water through a ritual cleansing in a mikvah. A mikvah, like a hot tub of today, of moving water. You fully immerse yourself, you say the prayers that are prescribed, and you are now clean. While a woman is having her monthly cycle, a man cannot touch her. She is ceremonially unclean. But Bathsheba had just completed her cycle and was immersing herself In the mikvah, which would be inside the house, on the ground floor. David, walking around on the roof of the palace, just happened to see, through the window, she immersing herself in the water, fully unclothed. Huh. David got his binoculars out and was focusing in on the window. She's very beautiful. Did David know her? Is he in love with her? No. David sent someone to find out about her. He didn't even know who she was. And the man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Eliam is one of David's senior officers. Uriah is one of David's senior officers. This is the daughter of one of David's full colonels and the wife of a major in David's army. And these men have been with David for years. They have fought and bled together. What should David have done? Oh, in his mind, hands off. But no, David sent messengers to get her. Messengers went from the palace to her home. She's now finished her ritual immersion. She's dressed. She's, say, in the kitchen preparing some dinner. And there's a knock on the door. She opens the door and standing there are messengers from the palace. Now, what is the only thing she can think? She doesn't know David. David didn't know her. He didn't know her name or anything. And never met her. And here are two officers from the palace standing at her door. Well, if you were the wife of a Marine Corps major who was deployed in Iraq or Afghanistan, and the doorbell rang on your home, and you looked out the window and saw a staff car, and coming up the walk to your porch about to ring the doorbell, is a military officer, a chaplain, and a senior enlisted man. What is the only thing you could think? Something awful happened to my husband. So she went with the messengers to the palace. She came to him. And my NIV translation reads, he slept with her. That's a euphemism. The word is, he took her. He took her. And parenthetically, she had been purifying herself from her uncleanness. That tells us that she wasn't on the roof of her palace seducing David. She was going through a religious ritual in the privacy of her own home. And it means that the child, when she becomes pregnant, the child will be David's, not Uriah's. He took her, and then she went back home. He sent her back. She went back home, and the woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I'm pregnant. So some time has passed, at least a month. Did David commit adultery with Bathsheba? Was there some love affair with Bathsheba? Absolutely not. David didn't even know her. David saw her. He's the young king, successful at everything. And what David wants, David gets. She sent messengers who brought her to him. He took her and then sent her back. And never saw her again during that at least one month period, if not more. I'm pregnant. So David sent word to Joab in Rabba, Ammon, Jordan. Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. Now in this story we have gaps, we have gaps so big he could drive a truck through them. What's happening here? David learns that she's pregnant. She's the wife of Uriah the Hittite, a major in his military at war in Rabbah. So David sent messengers to Joab. Now notice how many messengers are going back and forth here. David asked someone, who is she? The messenger found out Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, wife of Uriah the Hittite. David sent messengers to get her, brought her back to him. Messengers took her back home. Now she sends a message that she's pregnant. Now David sends a message to Joab. Do you think word of this is getting around the palace? Hey, the palace has ears. Rumors are rife. And messengers show up in Rabbah to General Joab he opens the envelope, send me Uriah the Hittite. Joab's got to be thinking, why? What, what, did something happen at home? Joab sent him to David. It's about a three-day journey on foot from Rabbah back to Jerusalem. Rabbah down to Jericho, maybe four days. Uh, down to Jericho, from Jericho up to Jerusalem. Three, four-day journey. Uriah is mysteriously sent for by the king. Do you think Uriah might have asked the messenger, What's happened? Has something happened to my wife? Is there an emergency? Well, the messenger, do you think the messenger knew? Of course, the rumors were all over the palace by now. Did the messenger tell Uriah? Or was the messenger afraid he might get his head taken off if he did? Is there an uncomfortable silence the entire three- to four-day trip back to Jerusalem? Uriah must be wondering, what's going on? And when Uriah arrived and was brought in to David, David asked Joab, so how are the soldiers? How's the war going on? They have idle chit-chat. No reason for having him come all, re- leave his men in Rabbah while they're at war, come back to the palace. So how's the war going? How how you feeling these days? How's General Joab doing? Then David said to Uriah, go go down to your house, which is not far away because David could see Bathsheba through the window. Go down to your house and wash your feet. That's a euphemism for have sex with your wife. So Uriah left the palace and a gift from the king was sent after him a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne, Godiva chocolates, and red roses to set the mood. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants. He did not go to his house. After speaking with David and this odd conversation, do you think Uriah started connecting the dots? No, he didn't go home. He stayed with the men at the palace, the palace guards. When David was told Uriah did not go home, he asked him, Look, come on, haven't you come from a a long way? Why didn't you go home last night? And Uriah said to David, Now, at this point, I'm convinced that Uriah knows what happened. David raped Bathsheba. And now she's pregnant. And Uriah knows. Uriah said to David, and if Uriah knows, here's how he said it. Getting right up close to David, right in his face. He's a major. David is king. But Uriah Is a tough warrior, one of David's mighty men that go back to the mercenary days. Uriah the Hittite. The Hittites live in eastern Turkey. He journeyed as a mercenary to join up with David. If Uriah knows, he gets right up in David's face. And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my master, General Joab, and my Lord's men are camped in the open fields. How could I go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? Subtext, as you did, sitting on your butt here in Jerusalem. As surely as you live, and I can see Uriah grip the hilt of his sword, I will not do such a thing. Now, if that's the way he says it, David breaks the tension. Come on, man. Stay one more day. Tomorrow I'll send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him. And David made him drunk. Can you see the two of them sitting in the palace Dining room at a long table with candles and elaborate place settings. Two of them, one on either end of the long table. Servants coming in, bringing food to David and Uriah. Uriah not touching a bite of it, but knocking back double Jameson's all through dinner. David made him drunk. In the evening, Uriah went out to sleep. On his mat among his master's servants, he did not go home. So now David has a big problem. If I were David that night, I'd have extra guards at my bedroom door in the morning. David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. So Uriah makes the journey back from Jerusalem to Rabbah three, four days carrying a sealed letter. And if Uriah knows what happened, he knows what's in that letter as well. He's carrying back his own death warrant. In the letter, David wrote, Put Uriah in the front line where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he'll be struck down and die. Put Uriah... Like David, Uriah led from the front. He was the tip of the spear. He was the first one in. Uriah is leading his men up to the walls of a fortified city. And when he's in the most exposed position, leading in front, the men are to hang back and leave him exposed to be killed. Now, if you were Uriah's men, men who had been commanded by him for who knows how many years, men who are loyal to Uriah and to Joab and to David. Do you think they'll carry out such an order? Could General Joab have gone to uh, Uriah's men and said, I want to brief you before Uriah, your commander, arrives. I'm sending you as the tip of the spear against the fortified city. When you're within 50 yards of the city, draw back, leave Uriah exposed, and let him be killed by the archers. No, you couldn't say that to Uriah's men. They wouldn't do it. They'd rebel. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at the place where he knew the strongest defenders were. And when the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. So Joab doesn't tell Uriah's men to pull back and let Uriah be killed. Joab sent Uriah's men into a suicidal position where they were slaughtered. Joab then sent David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messenger, "'When you finish giving the king this account of the battle, the king's anger may flare up. He may ask you, why did you get so close to the city to fight?' Didn't you know they'd shoot arrows from the wall? Who killed Abimelech, son of Yerabasheth? Didn't a woman throw a millstone at him and crack his skull? Why did you get so close to the city, to the walls? If David says that, which he no doubt will, any rookie knows that, you don't put the men right up against the wall, people drop stuff on your head. If he says that to you, you say, oh, by the way, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. And then David will understand what Joab did. So the messenger set out, and when he arrived, he told David everything Joab had sent him to say. The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Then the archers shot arrows at your servants from the wall, and some of the king's men died. And by the way, Uriah the Hittite is dead. David gets what's going on. David told the messenger, Say this to Joab. Don't be upset. The sword devours one as well as another. People die in battle. Hey, it happens all the time. Press the attack against the city, totally destroy it. Tell Joab this to encourage him. Now when Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, more messengers visit Bathsheba, she mourned for him. She loved her husband. Her husband, who was off at war. And the king? David, the great man of God? God? We just heard the covenant God made with David. And David did this? Bathsheba mourned for her husband. And after the time of mourning was over, typically a year, David had her brought to his house. He sends a messenger and he brings her to the palace. And she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Well, that's about the biggest understatement in all of Scripture. So Bathsheba's pregnant from David, not adultery, not a love affair. David raped Bathsheba. She's pregnant, now she gives birth to the child. And David felt an obligation to take care of them. But what David had done greatly displeased the Lord. And you remember what uh, God had said to David when he made the covenant with David, the unconditional, irrevocable covenant? And I'm reading from 2 Samuel 7 and verse 14, halfway through. Well, verse 14 at the beginning. I will be his father, he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him. Well, David, bend over. What a great story, folks. I love the story of King David. And this chapter is absolutely brilliant. A chapter full of gaps that if we're to understand it as readers, we have to learn how to fill the gaps to make the story make sense before, during, and after the narrative itself. So I hope i have helped us do that. And what is going to happen today? But God's going to take him out to the woodshed, that's for sure. And we'll see it happen on Friday. Thank you for being with me. I greatly appreciate it. I look forward to being with each and every one of you, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, all throughout the time. This is Wednesday, by the way. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Thursday is Thanksgiving. And Sunday will be the beginning of the new liturgical year. The new liturgical year, Advent, the four-week run-up to Christmas. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope all of you are too. I'll see you back here again day after Thanksgiving on Friday. Bye-bye now.